Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. think that masks are like kind of here to stay. And I bet you get a lot of mask questions in your practice. All the time, every day. <laughs> so like early in June, when the mask guidance was being dialed back here in the U.S., that seemed like a long time ago. And then I was thinking that the mask thing was going to like go away, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, along came the Delta variant and the masks were really back on. Although the masks never really went away that much for kids. Right. Um, more for adults, but more yeah. for adults, for fully vaccinated adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thinking I'm thinking that masks are going to be with us for some time for the next several months to, to years and maybe it, it is our future. So it'd be good to talk about them, to review them, to talk about how well they work, the different kinds of masks, when to use the masks. Um, there's a bunch of myths related to masks that we can go through, how to take care of your masks, like all those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. So where should we start? So I'm thinking, where should we start? It's like the sound of music and say, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with ABC. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. Do, Do Re, Re, Mi. The Do, first Re, three. You <laughs> just <laughs> happen to be. Do-re-mi. Did Do- you know that Sound of Music is my favorite movie of all time? I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. And I actually made my husband go to Salzburg um, really? when we went to Austria just so I could go on the Sound of Music tour. Was it as pretty as it looked in the movie? It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Uh-huh. But I was kind of upset because we took this tour bus around and it was supposed to be like a sing-along. So they like had uh-huh. the music playing the whole time, but I was the only one singing. Nobody else was singing, and he was mortified. Uh-huh. But um, we could get back on track and continue talking about masks. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're at the beginning. And the reason that we want to talk about masks is because they are a simple and potent tool to protect against respiratory transmission of infections. So, of course, COVID has been on all of our minds, but they have always been a great tool to protect against other viral infections that are transmitted primarily through the respiratory route. So the masks create a barrier that reduces the spread of respiratory droplets. And we know that respiratory droplets are the main way that COVID-19 specifically is spread from person to person. So masks are especially important for those who are not vaccinated, which at the time we're recording this would include all children less than 12 years of age in the U.S. And they also protect against transmission and infection in those vaccinated. They provide an extra layer of protection, which is important when the highly transmissible Delta variant is the dominant circulating strain, which In the U.S., it accounts for about 99% of the circulating strains down. I didn't realize it was that high. And it's really important to remember that children and adults can be infected with COVID and have no symptoms whatsoever. So wearing a mask is important even for those with no symptoms um, and even when in close contact with other people who have no symptoms. So let's be clear about the protection about this. If your child wears a face mask, they are protecting themselves from getting infected, and 
they are also protecting others from potentially transmitting infection. Mm-hmm. And it works for people who are both vaccinated and unvaccinated. So face masks should be worn by all children two years of age and older, including the majority of children with underlying health conditions. Children under two should not wear a face mask because it can be a choking hazard for young children. Depending on the mask and the fit, the child may have trouble breathing. And if this happens, they need to be able to take it off. Mm -hmm. So we know that kids under two, at least usually developmentally, may not be able to remove a face mask on their own. And of course, that could potentially lead to something tragic like suffocation. And so that's why we've kind of used this as the age for um, under two not wearing masks. Right. So masks should not routinely be used for these young children. Mm -hmm. Some parents will ask about things like, especially in really young infants, like covering the stroller with like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, people did that before COVID um, Mm -hmm. when they're out in public. And that seems like a reasonable alternative. I don't know, Dr. Dean, if that's something that you usually recommend. You can do that. Um, You know, the droplets are going to get around those coverings, though. But, you know, distancing works, too. So we'll talk a little later about how to protect younger children who can't wear masks um, from getting infected. Yeah. And we know that children with medical conditions that interfere with their ability to remove the mask on their own, like cognitive or physical conditions or limitations, also shouldn't be masking. Plus, children with compromised lung function, they might have a hard time tolerating a mask. But most older children learn how to wear a mask appropriately. And I know we've said this numerous times on Mm -hmm. the podcast, but I'm always so blown away by how well children wear their masks. Mm -hmm. They do a great job. Yeah. So what type of mask is best? We can talk about all of the different types, but um, you could start by choosing a standard surgical mask. So those are the rectangular kind of paper masks that are available to buy at many stores in bulk. And they're kind of like use once or like once throughout the day and then toss and throw away. Or you can use a fabric mask. And for the fabric masks, use those that have two or more layers of washable and breathable fabric. And we should emphasize that this needs to be breathable because you need to breathe. At the very beginning of this, I don't know if you remember, but we were given some masks from the health center that were so tight. I think that nobody knew how to make masks yet. You know, everybody was just trying to figure it out. They were so tight and they were such a thick material. I was like, "Ooh, this is hard to kind of hard to breathe in. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> we need we need to breathe, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and then, we, of course, we've really harped on this before. The mask needs to really completely cover both the nose and the mouth. And for the best protection, it should fit snugly against the sides of your face and not have too many gaps. Those with nose wires can be help form a better fit and prevent air from leaking out of the top of the mask. And sometimes you have to goof around with those nose wires because different masks have different strengths of nose wires, I've noticed. And so, you know, so I like I like a nose wire that really kind of firmly conforms. That that helps. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And just to reiterate, don't choose masks made of material that makes it hard to breathe. Like Dr. Lena just said, you know, like don't choose vinyl masks, for example. Oh, gosh, I've never seen a vinyl mask, but that would be interesting. And you also don't want to choose a mask with a valve or a vent. Um, Those kind of were trendy at one point um, because those can actually allow viral particles to escape and do the opposite of what you're trying to do. 
And although the N95 masks work even better than the masks we've been discussing, these are prioritized for healthcare workers. So in general, these are not appropriate for public use. Yeah. Can we spend a little bit of time, and it's okay if you say no, talking about the K95s? <laughs> yeah. Because I yeah, didn't the see that list. KN95s. Those are more available at like hardware stores and more for public use, it seems like. Like we bought some recently on Amazon. Are they as effective as the N95 or a little bit less effective, but more effective than surgical masks? What's their use for? The KN95s are not certified in the U.S. for use, but they are, they're, they're certified in China for use, and they're not certified in the U.S., so, but they work just as well, so they're, they're 95% effective. And in fact, during shortages earlier in the pandemic, many healthcare organizations were accepting these for healthcare use, but now that the supplies picked up, now the KN95s are more for public use, and the N95s are the ones that are used in, in healthcare settings. Okay, perfect. Good to know. We have a few of those for like travel or when we're going to like Costco or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it we did discuss that N95s are primarily used for healthcare workers, so we can use them in the hospital when we know we're coming in contact with someone who um, potentially has COVID nineteen or another. Um, transmissible infection. But one exception may be for kids who have weakened immune systems. So someone who has leukemia or who's on chemotherapy or other underlying conditions that put them at risk for severe infections, they may need more protection. Yeah. So they're encouraged to wear the N95 masks. For kids, of course, you want to make sure that you're using a mask of an appropriate size. And depending on the age of the child, you may need to help them make it fit correctly. So let's talk about when children should be masking. Children should wear a mask when they're indoors around people that they don't live with, so not their immediate family, or when they're outdoors in a large group setting that's crowded and when physical distancing is impossible. So this includes children attending childcare, daycare, school, camp, or other activity, including many sports. Yeah, so let's do a deep dive into sports. So like diving is a sport, for example. (laughs) I mean that masks are appropriate for most sports, but not all. So in general, masks should be worn both during training and during competition, you know, when they're sitting on the sideline in in the dugout or on the bench and while communicating with teams during chats and um, while going to and from the locker room or the or the field and during transportation to and from sporting events if they're not in their own family private car. And they're most important for sports where social distancing is not feasible, so where there's close contact and also sports that are indoors versus outdoors. Obviously, you don't want to use masks if you are going to be getting wet, like swimming or diving. That's going to be hard to do um, because if a mask gets soaked, it's going to be difficult to breathe through. Um, If you are sweating and your mask gets wet, you should swap it out for a dry one. So maybe having some of those surgical um, disposable masks will be good in those situations. Mm -hmm. And masks should also not be worn if they could get snagged or moved so that they become a choking or a safety hazard. So, for example, during wrestling, cheer stunts, or gymnastics. Yeah, it's interesting because you would think wrestling would be one of those actually more at-risk sports yeah, for transmitting. really close contact. <laughs> really close contact. So, you know, of course, talk to your individual coach or other things during that situation. Mm-hmm. There are some sports that are outdoors and social distancing is feasible. So um, a great example to think about would be golf or tennis. And so, you know, masks may be overkill in those situations. 
Mm-hmm. But for most sports where participants are in close contact, masking may be appropriate. Okay, so we have our masks. We know how to use them. How about getting some pointers on getting your child, your young child specifically, used to wearing a mask? So some children may not want to wear a mask, or they might be afraid of wearing a mask. So some modeling may be useful. Right. So putting a mask on your child and yourself and looking at a mirror and seeing that everything is okay and and trying to make it fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make it fun. So put a mask on one of your child's favorite stuffed animals or draw one on their favorite book character. Right. And there are so many adorable masks these days with kids' favorite cartoon characters or storybook characters. So they can choose the mask, the color. They can have some, some choice in it and they can really love their mask. Yeah. And you can customize them. You can decorate them yourself so that they're personalized for your child. And show your child pictures of other kids wearing masks to normalize the experience. Sometimes it just takes practice. So practice at home so that they're more comfortable wearing a mask when they're out and about. And it's always appropriate for parents to be role models for their kids by masking in the same situations they're asking their kid to mask in. If children have questions about masking, answer in plain language that they understand, like explaining that wearing masks keep people healthy. Right, and focus on germs. So bad germs can make you sick, and the face mask helps keep those bad germs out. Mm -hmm. So what about children who touch and fidget with their face mask all the time? (laughs) Um, This is pretty common, especially when they're starting out wearing it because it's unfamiliar. It might be uncomfortable. They want to adjust it. So it's normal. Yeah. So you, so for these cases, just give it time and gently remind them and make sure to, to role model by wearing your mask. Right. And that reminds me of our discussion about bike safety, because mm-hmm. we always talk about how parents need to be role models so that their kids do things appropriately. So like wearing a helmet, if you always wear a helmet, your kid will always wear a helmet. And the same kind of goes for routinely wearing masks and wearing masks correctly. I think that now is a good time to talk about some of the myths associated with masks and some of the unfounded concerns that have been circulating on social media and elsewhere. So one of the common ones that we hear is that masks trap carbon dioxide that we normally exhale, um, but they do not lead to trapping carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide poisoning called hypercapnia from rebreathing the air that we have breathed out into the mast. We know that carbon dioxide molecules are so small that they're not trapped inside this mask and they're easily filtered out. So this does not occur. And another one I hear is that masks can reduce the intake of oxygen and this could lead to hypoxemia or low oxygen levels. And again, oxygen is a really small molecule. It's not trapped by masks. There was a little social media campaign going around about this where All the healthcare providers were wearing their N95s that they'd been wearing for like hours and had a pulse ox on, you know, Mm -hmm. reading 100% or whatever. So Yeah, I remember seeing that. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, if masks result in inadequate air exchange so that carbon dioxide built up and there was inadequate oxygen, then, you know, all nurses and surgeons would really be zombies. So even before this pandemic, when we weren't wearing masks, surgeons routinely wore these masks for super long procedures in the operating room, sometimes 12 hours or longer. And we know they're, you know, functioning at such a such a high level during those procedures. Um, and so they have not been affected in any way by wearing masks for this duration. 
I've also heard the concern that masks can make kids more sick or weaken the immune system. And that's just wrong. That doesn't make any sense. Or that masks can interfere with lung development, which also doesn't make any sense since we're still getting oxygen through the mask into our lungs. And, you know, kids are not wearing them at home. And this is just not true. So what about masks interfering with language development during the first few years of life? Because, of course, at home, parents aren't masking around their children. But when they are with preschool teachers, daycare providers, or other adults in their life, may be masked. Yeah, I think that this is an interesting and a valid concern because we know that one of the ways that babies learn to communicate is by watching the faces and mouth movements of others. Um, But in addition to reading the facial cues, they're also listening. They're also reading other cues. And, you know, we still encourage parents to interact with babies to enhance their development by talking, singing, playing peekaboo, reading, and all of those other important interactions. And we know that the more interactive language exposure that occurs and the more attention that we pay to babies, then they will have better language development. Right. So if babies are watching faces and mouths and getting cues from expressions and the mask covers the face, then theoretically people worry that this would be bad for their developing communication skills. Right. But first of all, there is no scientific evidence that masks interfere with language development. There are no studies that show this. Right. And we'll, I'm sure, have more studies coming out as time progresses since, of Mm -hmm. course, we're still early on in universal masking times. But Um, So far, nothing. And second, we do have information from kids who have always been visually impaired, and we know that their speech and language development is the same as for babies who are not visually impaired, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. So that is something we have data on for a long time. Young children can use other clues and cues to learn and understand language, even when those around them are masking. There are a few steps that you can take when wearing a mask in order to maximize communicating with children. First, get the child's attention before talking. And face the child directly. Make sure they can see you. Speak a bit slower and a little louder than you normally do without a mask. And use your body language, your hands and your eyes when you're talking with them. Change your tone for emphasis. And if there's any question they might not have understood you, ask them and repeat yourself if needed. If your child is in daycare or preschool with teachers masking, you can share these recommendations with them. Right. And remember, you're interacting with your baby almost all the time without a mask at home, so they're still getting a lot of FaceTime. And I personally, like now, have made it, I mean, in the office, especially with little babies, I wear a mask and a face shield, <laughs> depending on what else. I may be in a gown or other things, but I have I am so surprised how often I can still get laughs and giggles out of babies that I'm interacting with, even with that mask on, just by the tone of my voice, my eyes, tickling them, other things. And so that has been kind of fun to see throughout this whole process. Let's talk about alternatives to masks. So one alternative is to wear something called a gaiter, which is this kind of garment that's worn around your neck, and you can pull it up over the mouth and nose. Mm -hmm. If you do want to use a gaiter, choose one with two layers or one that can be folded to create two layers. And then how about face shields in place of masking? Because I just mentioned that we wear face shields in the office in addition to masking. Right. So these aren't recommended as substitutes to masking. Their effectiveness isn't known. 
Okay, so it's just right now used in addition to the mask as an extra layer of protection because sometimes respiratory droplets can actually infect us through the eyes. Isn't that correct? Exactly. And there's there actually there's some studies that show that people who wear glasses have a decreased risk of infection versus people who don't wear glasses. But not recommending universal glasses wearing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works for you and me. <laughs> So, Dr. Lena, you like to wear a mask fitter also, right? Um, I guess that's that thing that I, at some point, had used to put inside mm-hmm. the mask, right? Which is, yeah. it basically keeps it from coming into direct facial contact. It was called a mask hack. It's like a silicone little thing that makes it so that the paper doesn't rub up directly against your face because I was getting some mask knee. Yeah. So some people like that. I'm comfortable wearing the mask without a a mask fitter or a mask cap. I've actually abandoned mine as well, but it was was something I tried out in the beginning and can be helpful, especially if your kid gets irritated by the kind of the texture of the the paper or the, the mask on their face or they're having some breakouts, which is why I had initially gotten it. And then let's talk about how to remove a mask because, you know, we're using this for protection. And so theoretically, we could have all of these infective respiratory droplets on the outside. You don't just want to touch it and remove it. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we worry about the contamination on the outside. And the last thing that you want is to really play it safe with a mask and then get infected when you take it off. (laughs) So carefully untie the strings behind the head or stretch the ear loops and handle only by the ear loops or ties when you're removing. Then fold the outside corners together and be careful not to touch your eyes, your nose, your mouth when removing. And wash your hands immediately after removing the mask. What about caring for masks? Um, I care about wearing a mask. What about you? <laughs> I care too, but that's not what I meant. How do you properly take care of a mask, like keeping it clean? Uh-huh. So reusable masks should be washed whenever they get dirty or at least daily. I have to admit, I'm not the best at this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wash them at least every few times, but yeah. Need to get better about that. <laughs> okay. And yeah, do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> right. Okay. And for the disposable masks, they should generally be thrown away after wearing it, wearing just one time. Yes, I do do that. And for washing masks, you want to make sure they're washed in the washing machine with regular laundry, regular laundry detergent, and the appropriate setting for the specific fabric that the mask is. Mm-hmm. Or you can wash by hand with tap water and laundry detergent or soap, and then rinse thoroughly with clean water to remove all the detergent or soap. And then dry the mask completely in the dryer or by hanging it up. If the mask gets wet or dirty from sweat, saliva, makeup, or other liquids, then you can put it in a sealed plastic bag until you can wash it. Absolutely, and make sure you wash those ones sooner rather than later since wet masks can get moldy and, and really break down over time. And how about when not to wear a mask? Well, I think it's obvious that we, at least at this point, no one has invented a good mask to wear while eating and drinking. (laughs) Although I always thought there would be a good for a little straw hole. But again, that would defeat the purpose of wearing a mask. So you want to have your kids remove their mask when eating or drinking. And children should also not wear masks that are wet because, as we mentioned, it's difficult breathing through a wet mask. Right. And of course, when doing activities that may pose a risk for strangulation or choking. 
What about children less than two years of age? We talked about this briefly, but we're not recommending masks for them. So how do we make sure that they are protected? Right. So you want to make sure that those outside of your household either physically distance from babies who are too young to mask or they themselves should always wear a mask when getting closer to the baby. And it helps if they're vaccinated also to decrease the risk of transmission to the unprotected baby. Absolutely. So not just against COVID-19, but all of the respiratory viruses. So Tdap, so to protect against whooping cough and um, influenza every year, definitely. So mm-hmm. making sure all of your close family members cocoon that baby and making sure their immunizations are up to date. Absolutely. So let's summarize some of the main issues about masks and kids. Masks are effective preventing transmission of respiratory pathogens such as COVID to and from the person wearing the mask. The vast majority of children two years of age and older can wear masks safely when they are not social distancing from those outside their own household. Standard rectangular disposable surgical masks and fabric masks with at least two layers of breathable fabric are effective. Mm -hmm. And wearing masks at daycare, preschool, school, and other activities including camp or sports is appropriate. Young children can get used to masking more easily if parents role model by routinely masking, masking stuffed animals, decorating masks, and explaining in age-appropriate language why masking is important. And we know there are so many myths surrounding masks, but we know that they do not trap carbon dioxide, they do not lead to low oxygen levels, they do not increase a child's risk of infection, in fact, they decrease it, and as we know now, they do not interfere with language development. Disposable masks should be tossed after every use, and fabric masks should be washed after daily use or if they get dirty. And that reminds me of a mask joke. (laughs) I bet that there's been a whole lot of new mask jokes. There are. A lot of them are kind of dirty jokes, though. But um, what kind of mask do you get to protect a duck from COVID? What? Nothing special. You just need to be sure that it fits the bill. (laughs) Uh, that's a good one yeah we were talking earlier about those masks the n95s that are that kind of make you look like a duck (laughs) the duck bill ones and they are n95s but there's such a variety out there nowadays those are the ones that i think uh, a lot of people that i work with they find them the most comfortable to wear for for n95 masks i agree i think that they provide a really nice fit and then they give you a little bit of extra like room in the front because of that (laughs) duck bill. Yeah, you can Um, store stuff in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I honestly, masks, like we talked about, of course, it's a pain in some situations, but it has also been, I mean, as a healthcare provider, I haven't gotten sick at all over the last (laughs) Mm -hmm. year and a half. And I think that probably has to do with wearing my mask around snotty little kids in the office. And um, so... I, I think it's going to be here to stay for healthcare providers for sure. I am, you know, excited about when I don't have to worry necessarily about wearing it every time I go outside of the home. But for now, I'm happy to do it, happy to protect the community and and just, you know, reiterate, I know it's been politicized, but it's just so crazy that a mask is a political statement at this point. And it's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, something that we can do to keep other people safe. 
We've talked about this briefly during our special COVID episodes, but you know, previously it was it's been routine in, in many Asian countries to wear masks during the respiratory viral season, during influenza season, and it just has not been that way in the West. But I'm wondering if this may be the new normal during respiratory viral season that um, worldwide people might feel better about masking in public to decrease their risk of of getting not just COVID, but influenza and other respiratory viruses. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.